Welcome to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. Prepare your heart for laughter and tears as we share the unpolished stories of the homeless and hurting, hope and transformation. Here is your host, director of the Union Gospel Mission, Pastor Tim Lane. Well, thank you guys again for joining us. And you know what? Uh, I I truly am glad that you joined us. I have Tony Irons on the phone, on the uh, show with me today, and he's a pastor, and he's been planting a church in Folsom. And again, before we go on too far, because I, I kind of ran out of time last time with Tony. Uh, Tony, what uh, if the f- people needed to get a hold of you? And I'll explain why. And if you were listening last week, you'll, you'll know what I'm talking about. But uh, Tony, if the guys, if somebody wants to get a hold of you about a building that might be around in Folsom that they you could use or something, so that you can. Right now, he's having to do his church service at two o'clock in the afternoon, and that's very difficult. You know, it's always been. Uh, I used to preach at a church, and I would do the evening service sometimes, and and. Uh, we would have like a third of the people in the evening service that there was during the day, and they were mostly the older folks, which is fine. That's not a problem. Somebody asked me one time, do you get upset when you see people fall asleep in in the service? I said, no, if I was a better preacher, they might stay awake. (laughs) Nobody comes to church to sleep, I don't think. I don't think. (laughs) But 2 o'clock in the afternoon is very tough because, you know, people will get up, they'll go in in the morning, some will go in the evening. Some will go both. But when you split it right down the middle, man, that's the time people have had lunch. Now they're feeling a little bit sluggish. Yeah. And and now, uh, well, should we go to church? Maybe we could just listen online. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, it would really be a blessing if we if somebody out there could help Tony out with uh, with maybe a building that he could – rent at a, a reasonable price or maybe somebody has a building that they just like to let him use to to do this wonderful work that he's doing so tony how could they get a hold of you if they needed to well i think the best way would be through the website i think it is okay and what the, is that it's folsombiblechurch.org and there's a on there there's a place where you can send messages that we will answer yeah, that'd be great. Uh, I know that Tony certainly has the background, the training, the the care for Christ that it takes to to run a church like that. And and don't forget, those of us that truly uh, are followers of Christ, we don't look at being the pastor of a church as something to be exalted and high up. We look at that as an opportunity for service and to love the people that come in and you know, certainly there are enough churches out there that you're just, you, you know, nobody really seems to care. That it's nice when you're in the company of a group of people. Uh, mm-hmm. His church has started off small. It started off with only three people, and, uh, and then it grew to four. No. <laughs> no, and, and then, it, you know, he's got new members coming in. He's got a new members class that's going to be graduating and becoming members of the church. He's got a, a smattering of old people, young people, uh, different ethnicities, and all are welcome. Uh, truthfully, any, any church should want to have that diversity of people, of age and of, gen- of, of uh, nationality and everything. So 
Tony, uh, so how long has your church been in existence? We started meeting uh, on Sundays, January 30th of 2021. Before that, we were a midweek Bible study, and then it just kind of came together, and everybody thought we should meet on Sundays. So we've been meeting regularly Sundays at 2 p.m. in Folsom since January 30th of 2021. So coming up on a year. And you didn't just, you were sitting in a pew one day and listening to a pastor and said, man, I could be a pastor. I'll just start my own church. You didn't do that. No. Uh, your process started when you were 30, correct? That's when I was saved, yes, yes. sir. Mm-hmm. Well, was, that's the start, Yeah. Right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I was converted at 30 years old. I was in uh, Montana working on a ranch, and just real simple answer, through lots of processes, I was in a tractor and Jay Vernon McGee was preaching the mm-hmm. Romans Road, mm-hmm. and I had just been exposed to that the day before. And so I'm in a tractor, and it's February 1992, and I could take you to the very spot. And I stopped the tractor, opened the door, kicked my dog out, got on my knees inside the <laughs> tractor and said, Lord Jesus, I'm so sorry. I no longer want to live for me. I want to live for you. Amen. And I was forgiven then. I knew I was. I just and the the the, the desire in my soul to read His Word um, was insatiable. And I went to Bible college four years, and then I went down Southern California to the Master Seminary four years, and then I went up to Mendocino County and pastored for nineteen years, and then we're uh, uh, trying to plant this church in Folsom. Yeah, and the reason I wanted to say that is because there's so many times people start churches and they're really, you know, uh, sometimes they they were ordained, you know, just over the internet or whatever, mm-hmm. and sometimes they just they don't have the qualifications. And I'm not saying that a guy has to be, you know, a seminary graduate to know the Bible, but you know, it certainly shows if a guy is in seminary and especially something like the master's college down there, or master's seminary, I mean, uh, that the effort has been put forth and everything. Because don't misunderstand, I've known I've known a lot of preachers that, oh my goodness, they know the Word of God and they may not have the credentials uh, to pastor a big church. From man. From man, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and conversely— and just a quick thing is, I knew a guy, and I am absolutely, I'm not going to name his name or the church that it was at, but I'll tell you later. <laughs> but he had, uh, he had his PhD, he had all the credentials that you need, and he was as lost as I could imagine a person being. Um, I, I, I tried to engage him in a conversation about about Say by Grace, and he just wouldn't go there. On the way out, uh, he had taken a sabbatical, and they didn't know it, but they had written in his contract uh, he could take a three-month sabbatical, right? Well, he took that three-month sabbatical to finish his Ph.D., and then he left. He went back to where he was and got a better gig in his Mm -hmm. vernacular, I guess. On the way out, he sent an email I was not part of his church, but I happened to know somebody that was there, and I knew him. And he had said there was no real virgin birth. There was no uh, physical resurrection. Mm -hmm. And 
this is a PhD yeah. in theology. And so, funny enough, they knew I was uh, I was a, I'm a Baptist. That a boy. And they they knew, and they <laughs> called up and they asked, "Well, can you can you come and preach on a Sunday?" I said, oh, "Okay, but your denomination's a little different than mine. You know, I'm a Baptist, right?" They said, "Yeah, we talked about it with their elder team or whatever they call them, right?" And they said, yeah, no, no, we'd like you to come. I said, okay, well, you know that I'm not going to give you communion uh, because I, I just, you know. And I said, you also realize I don't wear robes, and I'm not going to, I, I don't, I'm not comfortable doing that. And they said, no, we want you to. I didn't know his sermons were ten minutes long. Yeah, <laughs> and I didn't know that. And so I got there, and there was my wife there. Uh, and there was a deacon from the church that I used to go to there, and the rest of them had never heard what we used to call, remember they used to use that phrase, a blood sermon, you know, the blood of Christ. I had known what he had written, and so I started in the beginning like Stephen and just kind of worked my way up and said, I know who I am. I know, I know my sins have been paid for because I have been washed in the blood of the Lamb. And, and am forgiven. I went on to preach the rest of the sermon, and it was like 40 minutes, you know, and they're all going, what? <laughs> At the end, I got comments like, man, you really preach a Christ-centered message. I said, well, I hope so. And one guy said, you know what? I've never heard anybody use the word Satan from a pulpit. I said, you haven't. I said, you really not a Baptist, are you? <laughs> so, but what I'm trying to say is in that long-winded exhortation, I, I warned you I was a Baptist, is the fact that you can have the credentials and no heart. Amen. You can you can have that degree posted up in your sheepskin. Don't forget, Harvard and Yale hmm. were both solid seminaries. Yeah. I wouldn't go to one of those schools right now. No, and certainly you're not going to go to a seminary there. No, no. Nicodemus had all the accolades as well. Yeah. And and as a matter of fact, so did uh, most of the Pharisees. Including Paul. <laughs> Including Paul, yeah, killer of Christians. <laughs> you know, not as Paul, but as Saul of <laughs> Tarsus. You know, pretty bad stuff, huh? Yeah. So your your church— and again, let's let's. Uh, you are coming out, and you've been teaching at the mission and everything. And you said to me last time that you were blessed by being able to come out and help. So, uh, how is it that a guy can drive down from El Dorado Hills or wherever up in the neck of the woods you come from? Can drive all the way down there, get paid nothing. We we do let you stay for lunch if you're available. <laughs> And and say you're blessed to 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 be given to other people. What do you mean by that? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, well, as you know, and so th- because you've you've been called by God, it it is subjective, yes. But there are it, you just can't explain it. It's like a salmon going up the river. He doesn't know why he's going up there. He just needs to go up there. Yeah. Well, God has called me to teach his word, and others have affirmed that. I'm not self-proclaiming. So I find my greatest happiness doing that which God has called me to yeah. do. 
And so to do that in the mission with the group of guys that want to hear, or at least they have the grace to let you think they want to hear, I say it kind of facetiously, but no, they, they, they do, know. right? Mm-hmm. They do. And, and, and that just is such a blessing to my soul that, um, that if I could, if my schedule would let me, I would be there every, every day of the week to find, to find people slash men that want to learn the Bible because they want to learn more about God and how to live this out. I mean, who wouldn't be excited about that? I agree with right? you. So I, I'm, I'm blessed by their eagerness. I'm blessed by their attention. I'm blessed by their comments afterwards. They're very encouraging. Um, so I thank God. I do. I thank God for them and for you and the mission, and I pass out cards to the mission everywhere I go, man. And Amen. I do too. Yeah. And I got to tell you, uh, you know, when I give a sermon at the mission on a Friday occasionally, you know, uh, I'm in a rotation with a bunch of other pastors, you included. Oh, Friday morning, yeah. Yeah. Um, The last time when the guys were coming up and they were saying, you know, Rudolph came up, he said, you know, you really clarified that, that law and grace thing for me and what freedom is. And you know what? That was better to me than if if some very successful pastor had said, "Good job, my friend." Yeah. Uh, because and then I can tell they're sincere because sometimes you get compliments, great sermon, pastor. But that's all there is to it. Whereas they'll come up and say, "You know, when you said this, yes, you know, that really made me think of this." And and so you get in a discussion, and I can tell you that. There's nothing that my heart rejoices in more than when I get into those little mini discussions and somebody is saying, oh, okay, I, I, I see. Yeah. And I always tell them, check, check, check your Bible, you know. Amen. I don't care who it is. Be Berean about it. But, Pastor, I, I completely understand. You know, I wear – I used to wear a shirt and tie all the time, four days a week, and then on the, on the 5th – which was casual, I'd wear a pullover. We got these really nice logos. That's cool. You know, <laughs> and we got one, right? No. Oh, well, you, oh, well we'll remedy that yeah, for you. I'm, okay? I'm outside the circle of the no, elect. No, you're, you're, <laughs> <laughs> you're on the inside. But it has 60 years on it, but even uh, the other ones have our logo, which is a cross with a road, and it, it you know, it says we're the Union Gospel Mission and uh, so we stand fully on Romans 1, you know, that I am not ashamed of the gospel, you know, because that's the middle of our name. That's what we want to be. And, you know, so I started having, when I was wearing on Friday, people would ask me outside in the world, Union Gospel Mission, what is that? Or, oh, Union Gospel Mission, I know about that. What do you guys do there? Mm. And so I stopped wearing the tie and the shirt every day and started wearing the pullover shirt every day Amen. that has our logo on it. And, you know, it's amazing. I've been stopped at at the uh, Target in Auburn by somebody who wanted prayer, and and uh, I, I love those opportunities. Absolutely. Uh, even amongst my brothers, like with, with Pastor Irons here, I, uh, I really enjoy – talking about the Bible and not just the, well, what do you think about this theological point? No, no, no. I mean about the excitement of the Bible, right? Yeah. So 
When I first started coming to the mission, I've been director 17 and a half years, but my experience with the mission is 30 years back. I used Mm -hmm. to come on the fourth Saturday of every month, and I had to drive an hour to get there on a Saturday night, and I didn't always feel like coming. Right. (laughs) But you know what? Saturday night lit up Sunday morning. Yes, it did. You know what I mean, right? I do. So when you drive away after you're teaching, do you feel tired and exhausted? No. No? I don't. I I, uh, Because I have an hour drive or 45-minute drive home. I just praise I praise God. Amen. I do. I thank him for the opportunity. I think of the guy depending on the questions, you know, or the comments, how to pray for the individual, you know, and I know it you know, Eric Little, um, Chariots of Fire. There's a, there's a phrase that he says in that movie when he says because he, he thought he was created to run. Right. right. And he says in the movie, it's a great line that I trust he actually said. (laughs) (laughs) Right. He says, I feel his smile when Uh I run. Amen. And I feel his smile when I preach his word. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And so afterwards, I, I feel, I mean, it's exhausting by the time I get home. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I know. (laughs) Yeah. Right. So, but immediately after is, yeah, it's a joy. I, I really, you know what I'm saying, so I know exactly you and I, yeah, what you're saying. Yeah, it's a blessing. Uh, and I, I would recommend anybody that is in ministry that is gospel centered, right? That believes Romans one sixteen is true. Yes, sir. To uh, to contact you, right, or Jeremy yep. or whoever, and see how they might plug in and serve, because I'm sure you can use people here, right? You probably don't have every slot filled. No, but we're we're doing pretty good right now Praise with uh, chaplains and people like you that I have confidence in. Mm. And uh, I can tell you right now, even though I haven't had months and months and months of experience with my dear friend here, I do call him my friend, and I would have no problem going to his church myself. Now, they might not want me to be there, but no, that's not true. Uh, Any church that is truly gospel-centered welcomes people of, you know. It's it's always astounding to me, have you ever found this, that some folks feel like, well, do I need to make an appointment to go to the church? (laughs) You know? And and maybe Mm. some churches you do. I don't know. I don't know. But I, I'm pretty sure a fo- folks can walk into your church, can't they? Oh yeah, yes sir, <laughs> yes sir. We uh, we it is our prayer has been since the inception of this idea of planting a church in Folsom, and it is coming to fruition as we begin to see the people that he's bringing. Yes, they are people who have probably been through this place if not here, some other town mm-hmm. um, that have seen life from the bottom side. Yeah. And they come to us and they are finding that we not only care for them, but we're so glad they're there because this is this is who we want to go after at Folsom Bible Church. We're not excluding anybody, but our goal is to go after those whom the world and the church has thrown away because we believe Romans one sixteen. We yes, do believe amen. in the power of God. And right. we want to see we want to see Christ exalted in their lives 
so that he receives praise. And so that's that's our goal. It is. And our people that are bought into this um, have bought into that philosophy. And so we're, uh, we're more than welcoming when people come, and especially those who uh, the world would say these are down and outers. Well, that scripture, um, who is it? <laughs> you know, because it says it is, it's great for those who are Me. coming to salvation, right? Oh, Romans 1, yeah. And so you can't look out there and tell who it is that's going to come and who's going to walk into the presence of the Lord. You cannot tell. You know, so many churches want the, the nice, clean-cut-looking people. You know, we want all that good stuff. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. There's some there's some wonderful, good, clean-cut-looking people that are so solid Christian you can't even believe it. But not all of them are. And as a matter of fact, you were talking about uh, when, before salvation, you know, riding out on the tractor and everything. And I ought to tell you something. I never fit that mold of of being um, of being down in the street, out, you know, all that kind of stuff. But let me tell you something. There was a time when I was young. I had a good job. I had. I was a tradesman. I had. I was well trained. I had was commercial. I only did big stuff. I also drank and and did all kinds of things that I ought not do. And my morals were far from. Yeah, I mean, I was honest in business. I was those things, but on my personal life, on who I really was, and so I looked pretty clean on the outside. But again, like we talked about last week, it was filled with dead men's bones. Amen. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't go back. I wouldn't trade that. When I was sick home with COVID, my prayer every day was that I would love God a little more every day, know him a little bit better every day, and die to self a little bit more. And and truthfully, I fail all the time at dying to self. But it is my prayer, and I'm sincere about it. So, um, so Tony, uh, what it, what excites you? about about the people at the mission? I mean, is there anything particular? There is. Um, at least the men that I see, right, that uh, what excites me is the change that I see. Transformation. Yes, yeah. right? Amen. In the way they think and how they think and how they want to live, um, that should excite the mission, I'm sure it does, but it, it certainly excites me. That excites me too, brother. Because we see the power of the word operating. Amen. And yeah. you know that's the key, isn't it? You know the reason the mission has succeeded over these last couple of decades is not because I'm so good, because I am so flawed sometimes, but it's because we are truly trying to yield ourselves to the Lord God Almighty. Amen. We're out of time again, and but I hope that. You will bless me by coming back again and coming on the radio show with me. And I want to get some updates on how your church is doing. And so, like I said, take down those numbers we gave you earlier. And if you uh, need to get a hold of, uh, of him or you got a building, you can always call me too at the mission, 447-3268. Just ask for Pastor Tim. And, you know, I'm so grateful that you came here today. And for you guys, as always, until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. 
listening to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. If your heart's been touched and you want to know more about the work of the mission, log on to UGMSAC.com, UGMSAC.com. To donate clothing, food, time, or financial help, call 916-447-3268, 916-447-3268. Thank you so much for listening. Join us again next week at the same time for Voices from the Street.